listeners uh this is um episode 31 season two of fathers and family court fathers and family court is pretty much just a father's rights podcast where um we tell our experience um pretty much talk about parental alienation and tell our experience with family court now um we've had the pleasure of hearing um, around 30 stories 29 um today i believe today it will be 29 there's two episodes in there that are um, just me on them. So, uh, but the rest, we've had an opportunity to talk to 29 fathers, hear 29 stories, um, get a chance to interact with fathers from different places around the country. And, um, these conversations are so meaningful and powerful because we get an opportunity to talk to somebody from somewhere that's not around you. They're going through the exact same thing that we may be going through. Um, and, uh, any chance, time we have opportunity to talk about the things we're going through with somebody that can actually understand them, it is so powerful. To know that the other person on the other line relates to what you're saying and can feel you because they're going through it is so powerful. And whether it be them hearing me or me hearing them, um, we've had an opportunity to see dads and hear dads stories from all over the country, as far west as California, as far east as New Hampshire. Um, in New York, and I'm just, I'm, I'm really excited to continue the journey. Um, if you know a father uh, suffering from parental alienation, um, and this is your first time listening to this podcast, this would be my advice. Upon finishing this podcast, or even right now if you'd like, uh, copy the link to this podcast and text it over to that dad. If you know there's somebody out there that needs to hear this message to these stories, um, or to this podcast, which is parental alienation is flat out fucking wrong, um, using the, the state using, um, title four, section D, uh, and, and using the ability to get money off of broken families and them doing it around every single corner. And this isn't me saying this, this are, these are the fathers relaying the truth through their stories. I'm, I'm not paying these fathers to speak. They get nothing to tell the God honest truth. They're telling the truth. They get nothing, I get nothing. This is for us. We're, what, what we get is support from each other. What we get is showing folks that it's a community. What we get is letting people know that although a, the, part, the, the, the partner that they went in half on a child with decided to get up and steal their child, they're not the only one going through it. And, and they need to hear that them not being heard is perfectly normal because none of us are heard regardless of how, what amount of danger our children are in. The state or states or these counties don't really care um, for the most part. They care about Title IV, Section D. If you don't know what that is, I'd advise you to Google it. This way you don't think we're just blabbling and jabbling and just throwing out anything. Title IV, Section D is real. Uh, they benefit from it, and the, the counties benefit from it, and they 
don't uh, let us know about it. So I'm excited to hear about um, hear from uh, our caller today. His name is Alex, and he'll be calling from Kansas. We have yet to have a caller from Kansas, but we are knocking these states out state by state. So I'm excited to hear about his stance calling from Kansas. I hope you can get something from his story the same way I know I'm going to. Um, and when you listen to these fathers speak, you kind of just have to listen with an open mind and um, try not to hold uh, hold anyone too uh hold anyone to uh, too high of a standard as far as being politically correct because this is this podcast is about how they're feeling and what they were thinking and feeling at the time so there is no politically correct because helping someone steal someone else's kid in the name of you guys making money off of a law no one knows about in the constitution or whatever no one knows about that's not politically correct so again, I hope you guys can learn from um, from from uh, Alex's story, and I look forward to hearing it. Enjoy. Um, so today we get to talk to a special guest. Um, I always love speaking to new guests. I always love having the opportunity to hear new stories. Uh, there may be a guy in uh, West Virginia. There may be a guy. In Kansas, there may be a guy in Oklahoma, and not one of those guys can relate to my story, but they may be able to relate to Alex's story tonight, who is in Kansas and is from Dallas. And the person who from Dallas, you know what I mean, can relate to him. So this is just so beautiful to have the opportunity to talk to um, Alex. Uh, Alex is my age, and so I'm always happy to hear hear some people around my age and men my age speak on this topic because these are my peers these are people who were who walked the same times i was walking so it's important um without any further ado alex how you doing today oh i'm doing well how are you doing uh i'm doing really good i'm really really excited to get a chance to hear your story uh just like any other i know for a fact i'm going to pick up something and learn something from from whatever time we spend on this phone so that's something I look forward to, and um, yeah, man, I I just give the people some quick information. Uh, Alex uh, has an eight-year-old son, and uh, he's from Kansas, and that's literally all I'm gonna give the people. I could tell you this: I spoke to Alex for about uh, maybe about eight minutes before the podcast. It was it was just natural conversation, just me and him just talking because. We're just talking about what we're going through, and I just want to say uh, I'm really excited to hear what he has to say because I can tell that there's a good spirit in this person's pumping in his heart, and I, I, I feel like I'm anxious to hear what he has to offer anyone who may be listening to this podcast. Um, Alex, how did you want to start your story? I mean, I guess I guess we can start from the, from the very beginning, from, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, we can go back to 2010 from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, I've, I've been in the military since 2008. Uh, okay. I was stationed in Fort Campbell, Kentucky. I, I met my uh, ex-wife, Carolyn. Mm-hmm. You know, Was she in the uh, military as well? Oh, no, not at all. She okay. was from Los Angeles. So she was in Los Angeles. I was in, I was in uh, Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Okay. And, you know, we met, we met online. I can't remember the website, but, okay. you know. We met. We met uh, February tenth, and 
and you know we started talking flying back and forth to see each other i ended up deploying in june of 2010 uh we ended up getting married uh september 2010 i came back we got married i went back so i guess we just started out uh when i came back from deployment in april 2000 uh 2011 uh-huh. uh you know we we got an apartment you know we had a son soon after uh right after that we you know we moved from Fort Campbell, Kentucky to Fort Drum, uh, New York, and we went from Fort Drum. I reclassed. I, I used to be a, uh, I used to do field artillery. Uh-huh. And, you know, we moved from uh, there to New York, and then we moved to Leavenworth right after I reclassed. Um, you know, life was, life was going good. Our son was doing good. Uh, I guess we can bring it back now to 2019, uh, you know. Our, 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 you know, our marriage wasn't perfect. Nobody's marriage is perfect. You know, we've been married close to 10 years at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had just finished her bachelor's degree. You know, she she was working at uh, Munson Army Hospital in Fort Leavenworth. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a beautiful home. Uh, uh, you know, we had no debt. You know, we had, you know, a large amount of money and savings. Everything was going good in our life. Our son, you know, was set. And, uh, you know, for a week things were kind of off. You know, you know, I, I, you know, I saw the, I saw the signs coming. You know, she was getting this in and whatnot, and uh, you know, I moved it into the spare bedroom because you know things are kind of weird. So I moved there for a week, and uh, and finally Memorial Day weekend of 2019. You know, I, I had enough of what was going on, so I asked her. I said, you know, tell me, you know, tell me what's going on. So uh, she told me, she said, you know, I filed for divorce. And, uh, you know, for some of the fathers out there that doesn't know, she filed for an ex parte order. So an ex parte order is where, you know, they they file a motion, they go in front of the judge without you present yeah. to defend yourself. Yeah. And, and she, she got an order stating that she retained, you know, custody of our son. She retained our marital home and all of our property. Ooh. except for my vehicle and the only thing that she was waiting on was uh, uh, for me to get served and kicked out of our home that that's all she was waiting on right so so you know I, I she told me you know you have to pay you know seven hundred dollars a month in child support you only get to see your son every other weekend and Wednesdays for three hours you know she was really excited about that you know I, I told her I said I'm a father. You know, I said, I said, I'm not, I'm not going to accept every other weekend and Wednesdays for three hours. I said, I said, I'll accept shared custody. I said, but I can tell you right now, if you don't give me shared custody of our son, I said, I said, then, then there's, then there's no chance that I'm signing off on this, you know? So Memorial Day weekend, you know, I'm in the military, you know, we have a four day weekend that weekend. It's a sad time. You know, I lost friends, you know, I went to the, you know, the VA, you know, we planted flags on, on you know, all on grades. It was a sad weekend altogether. Right, right. right. So we we got done arguing, you know. It wasn't really an argument. I, you know, I said, you know, go upstairs. I'll, you know, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to play some video games. I'm going to have a beer, you know. And uh, and next thing I know, the military, uh, a military police officer is standing in my living room. I didn't hear him come in. He's standing in my living room. And he says, hey, I need to talk to you outside real quick. So my instant thought is, he said, oh, he hit me, domestic violence, right? Right. So I go outside, I talk to him, 
and he says, uh, your wife is telling, telling us that, that you said that you're going to kill yourself. And I said, no, nah, man, I didn't say any of that. I'm just trying to enjoy my weekend. You know, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to relax. I said, I didn't say any of that. And instantly, the military, you know, gets involved. My chain of command gets involved. My commander gets involved. And uh, they say, hey, you know, the military don't play around with suicide. That's something they don't play around with, right? And they have the ability to, to really affect you when it comes to that. So, right. so and, my... And I just wanted to stop you for just a quick second. Don't lose uh-huh. your point. But, bro, listen. You are in the service, man. Like, you are, like, I, I, I say it to every time there's someone, there's a veteran on this podcast, I say, listen, thank you for your service, and I want the community to start treating our veterans better. Like, if, and that's why I asked, I said, was she in the service? You say, no. Damn. What in your, I, did you said you did what in the military? Uh, I did I did field artillery and then I moved to corrections. I was working like hundred plus hour weeks to you know provide for my family, and make sure so, they you know live a good life. What so is was, artillery? Was, you know, could you could you go a little bit more to the uh, whatever artillery? Because we we don't know. I just want the regular listener to understand like what it is you're doing. What's so I I did field artillery. We shot we you know we shot the big cannons. We shot the howitzers. But when we deployed. You know, we, we didn't do artillery. We had a more infantry role type role during deployment. So, you know, we were getting firefights. You know, we had people stepping on IEDs, losing legs, you know, losing their life, you know. So, so oh, my goodness, man. And this is why it's such a blessing that you're here. You know what I mean? That you're here. Oh, yeah. Like, it, what a blessing. It, it most definitely is. It most definitely is a blessing that I'm here. It, it, it is. It is. So, I, I enjoy the, uh, so, every day. So it's, like, so it's like I said this to say, now here's this person who God has blessed to be here and to still be focusing it. Now, did you have your parents in at the home, both of them, or was your father in the home? Oh, oh, uh, yeah. My, you know, my parents divorced when I was three, uh-huh. but uh, they're probably the role model of co-parents. They, they, you know, huh. they, they, okay. you know, I have, a, I have a stepdad that I've known since I was three. You know, he's like another father to me. And, and my, you know, it, I, I am very thankful for both of them for, for, you know, keeping everything civil. And, and, you know, I, you know, I, I have both my parents and I have a, a second dad in my life. See, so you have two dads, basically, that you were aiming to be better than on this. Oh, you know what I mean? And you were doing that from what you had said. <laughs> you were fucking doing oh. that. And it's like, and not only, but you had actually went to war. You went over there and shot fucking cannons. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't, didn't go to war. Bro, you didn't go to war with your brain because you didn't want to go to work that day or you didn't want to do a test. You fucking went over there and shot cannons where none of us know what the fuck is going on, bro. Overseas, bro. This shit isn't on our cell phones. Overseas. You know what I mean? And you you made it, man. You made it. So it's like, why treat somebody like that who's here with us to and blessed to tell that story? Why treat? And that's not just like for one person. And I haven't even, you haven't even got to the part yet. But it's like, that's for the community, bro. That's for when you see an old guy and he's got his veteran hat on or a young guy. 
And you can tell, yeah, he has his military truck sticker on the back of his truck. When he hop out or something, man, just tell him thanks. You know what I'm saying? Or holding the door for him. Or anything. But don't just treat him like he didn't go over there and get and shoot fucking cannons. Because we all don't shoot cannons. I, I mean, I do know some people in the military. But, like, I, the rest of the, my regular friends, nobody shot cannons. Nobody even knows nothing about that. No, <laughs> what? You know what I mean? Uh, cannons? Yeah. And Watts Heisters or whatever you said? No, bro. Oh, uh, no. We, so we, we, we didn't shoot our houses while we were deployed. We, we had a more uh, of an infantry role. We did patrols. You know, we were, we were you know, walking the ground, you know, right. you know getting in the fights with the Taliban. Uh, and, and, you know, we were, we were, you know, doing our duty. Right, right. No, man, that's, 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 yeah. and, and, and just thanks again, man. So I didn't want to, I didn't mean to throw you too much off track there. It's just that, man, yeah, you did something for, you know what I mean? You you went over there and you went and fought a war. Now, you know what I mean? That just, it's like shit. It's crazy, bro. But yeah, we definitely appreciate it. Uh, and so you got these military police at your house. It yeah. sounds like you're still yeah. working, doing a great job. Now you're yeah. providing. Yeah. Yeah, we live, you know, we lived on post, so, you know, they, the military has a lot more to say. You know, we had a beautiful three-bedroom, two-bathroom house, two-car garage. We had just moved there two months prior. Um, you know, I, I, I just wanted to add, you know, through the years, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't an absent father. You know, when I wasn't working, you know, the 100-plus-hour weeks I was working, you know, I was reading books with our son, taking the Boy Scouts, you know, we would go to swim lessons with him. You know, I, I, I was a very uh, active and involved father, mm-hmm. you know, I and, and and I was always there. You know, I was, I was you know, it's not like I was a drug addict doing all this stuff. I was I was active in his life. Mm-hmm. So the military police showed up, you know, you know, she said that I said I was suicidal. She was crying the whole time. And, and, and my, uh, my boss said, look, all right, turn your weapons into the arms room, right, voluntarily. And, and come to get checked out at Cushing Hospital, or or uh, you're going to be told that you have to, right? You're going to be held on a be held on a 94-hour uh, hold, right? So you know I, I you know I we brought my weapons to the arms room. You know we we entered all my weapons into the arms room, which was fine. You know I I didn't want any problems, and I went and I got checked out at Cushing Hospital. Cushing Hospital cleared me of suicidal ideation. You know, at that point, I've been in the military 11 years, you know, no suicidal ideations, nothing. And uh, my, my uh, ex-wife, Carolyn, she ended up calling uh, my commander and saying, he said he'll do whatever he has to to get out of it. So I ended up being held and sent to Smithville to a psychiatric hospital. You know, I was stripped down. You know, I had to ride an ambulance there. Know, and and uh, we're talking about it's nighttime now, so the doctors don't come in until the morning. So I'm there. I'm 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 stuck there. You know. You know. I've I've already had you know stripped down. You know. I've already you know you know gave them all my property that I had on me. You know, which was just my clothes. And the next morning, the doctors cleared me. You know, within 20 minutes, they released me. Right. Well, what my ex-wife did at, at that point is she filed a motion to have me put on supervised visits because she was able to get me sent to the psychiatric hospital. So then I started supervised visitation, and, you know, I could only see them, you know, once 
was scared. He didn't know what was going on. You know, he, you know, he was, you know, clearly, you know, upset about the whole thing. And that's when I hired an attorney to, to represent me in, in my case. Uh-huh. So we filed a motion for shared custody. And, and the, the, the biggest thing I regret is the day before the court case, which was two weeks later, the hearing date for my motion for shared custody, she called me and said, look, if you just accept every other weekend and Wednesdays for three hours right now in a temporary order, then, then, then we'll be all right. So I was scared at the time. I didn't know anything about family court. I didn't, I didn't know nothing. So I accepted it. And, and from that point on, we were, you know, we were dealing with uh, every other weekend and Wednesday for three hours. So for the next two and a half months, you know, uh, every time we didn't exchange, my, my ex-wife would call the police and they would show up and they would be there during all the exchanges and everything like that. Uh-huh. You know, it was, it was humiliating. Well, so, I mean, now, to me, she was calling the police on a regular basis, making reports against me, doing all this stuff, and, you know, saying that I'm sending her, you know, text messages, you know, anonymous text messages, threatening her, and all this other stuff. I had no idea, right? The police will contact you and decide if, you know, ask you any questions about it. So... She ended up uh, filing for a protection from stalking order. Uh, I'm sure a lot of fathers deal with that on a regular basis during their custody battle. Mm-hmm. We went to court. We went to court for it. Her her protection uh, order got denied, right? So so her protection order got denied, and she filed for another one a couple of days later. She filed for another one, right? So here I am paying an, an attorney to go back. You know I. No, this time I represented myself in this case. The second one I represented myself, which was a which was a big mistake, because you know she went up on the stand and she gave her sob story, and that was it. It was she got a, a year long protection order from stalking order against me, and and you know so you know I couldn't be near her. You know it made exchanges basically impossible. You know I had to file a, an appeal to the Kansas Court of Appeals on it which is currently still pending. Um, so, that was a whole other mess. The Army, you know, at, at first they didn't have my back. They gave her a military protective order on top of the civilian protective order. And, and you know, they're, they're like, quit stalking her. And, you know, I try to explain to people, you know, I'm not stalking her. I'm not doing anything to her. And and so it went on like that. So, so two and a half months later, we're in, we're in uh, October. And she's only let me see her son for one weekend in the last two and a half months. Because what she would do is, when it was my turn to pick our son up from daycare for my weekend, she would show up to the daycare, and and I couldn't even leave my vehicle because she had her protection from stalking. It would have been a crime if I was near her. So I had to leave. I had to leave our son's daycare, go on without him, and you know he was asking, you know he he would be asking her mom like. Uh, his mom, like, why, you know, why did daddy come pick me up, you know, and stuff like that, and she'd be like, I don't know, you know, he'd be crying, and so she put all the blame on me, so I filed a motion, to, uh, uh, a contempt court motion against her, mm-hmm. for, failing, for failing to follow the court orders, and uh, as a father, you can't continue to let them 
fails to follow a court order, you have to act immediately. So, so I'm at work one day. It's a Monday. Uh, it's October the 28th, 2019. I'll never forget the day. Uh, I was at work. I was scanning documents into a printer, and the the military police came, and so did uh, MPI, which is military police and investigation. They came, and and there's about eight of them. They they actually placed me under arrest while I was at work, and they drove me to the front gate of Fort Leavenworth, and and they they transferred me to the Leavenworth Police Department. An officer, Officer Crowder of the Leavenworth Police Department, they transferred me to her custody. And when I asked her, like, what am I, what am I being arrested for? They said, she told me, she said, your ex-wife said that you sent her anonymous text message threatening to kill your son and yourself this weekend uh, uh, if, if uh, you know, you were allowed visitation. So, so you know, I, I, I went to, you know, Leavenworth Jail. I was in process. I was strip searched. You know, I got charged with a felony criminal threat and also a, a misdemeanor violation of a protective order. That, that's what I was charged with. And so I sat in jail. I was in jail for almost three days before I had my hearing for my, my bond. And, you know, they brought... I'm so upset, man, because all this started, you were just trying to play the fucking game and relax. You know what I mean? That that makes me upset, man, all the way down to that, that spiraled your night down to you being in the hospital, down to you being, you know, all the you being, and then they finally let you out, and you're trying to get away, and you agree to some bullshit, and now you're yeah. in jail for some, no, wait, wait, let's not forget how they had you in court just drilling you. Over a PPO when you're not even doing anything or stalking anybody, you're not doing shit yeah. to anybody here, and then and then and then and then on to now you have to go to jail and you're being accused of anonymous text messages. It wasn't yeah, sent from my phone, was it? This is 2019. That could have been anything. She could have sent that shit to her own self, which sounds like she probably did. Why would uh, yeah, I? Anonymous. <sighs> Anonymous text messages, and and she was able to have me arrested for that. Nah, man. So, At that point, they have to do some police work. Find out where that number yeah. came from and figure out what cell phone it dinged from. Because if you do the work, you'll find out probably it was from an app. It was probably to her own shit. You know what I mean? I mean, I guess unless she had a whole convo with her own self. I mean, in my situation, my child's... And it hurts me more because this was false. False accusations. I have my child's mother on on record talking about killing my kids, bro. It's on record. Yep. I got an hour good I'm just freely talking about killing them, like they're like they're like they're like they're ants. And I and yep. and the court knows, bro. The court knows. They don't got. But but yet and still, look, bro. Yet and still, you had to go to jail about something you didn't even say. And I actually have the person talking about killing them. And killing everybody, every quote, I quote, I do quote, killing every, you know what I'm saying? Just ki- basically, I won't quote the motherfucker because fuck him. But basically, he was talking about killing my mom, my sister, just everyone around me. You know what I mean? So yeah, like that, man. I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but bro, I'm pissed because it's like, I, ain't, I mean, 
there's a lot to be happy about. But just the general idea of it makes me a little angry. It's like, damn, you had to sit in jail. I'm thinking about how you're thinking sitting in jail. You know what I mean? Like, what the hell? You went from scanning a paper at work to being in a little cell with nothing in it but a cot off of some fake stuff. Now you're being harassed and stalked. Now you're being targeted. Bro, you had been being targeted since that first day when they came into your living room when you fired up your Xbox or PlayStation. You were then a victim. When that thing binged and you sat down to get comfortable and he was there, you were were already a target. And that's what hurts, bro. Like, you you are... I don't like people... I play like the victim. This man was a victim. In a lot of these cases, a lot of these men are victims. What about the dad from Ireland? He comes home and no one's at, no one's at, he comes home from cancer, from his treatment, at, he comes home from a stay in the hospital because he had cancer, his wife didn't bring his son, he comes home, all stuff's gone. Everything. Like, bro, shit like that. These men, in some of these situations, it's not, it's not a gender thing, but some of these fathers who are parents, are victims in some of these situations, man. And and I, I'm just thinking about all the times you said these folks took off your clothes. You feel me? Trying to, because yeah. you crazy, because you're arrested, because you this, because you that. Bro, he's fine. He he was good enough to blow, he was good enough to get in gunfights overseas, wasn't he? Why, he, wh- if he says he's good, bro, he's good. But, and, and that's the, no Hero should be treated like that, bro. That's ridiculous. But go ahead. I'm sorry, bro. I didn't mean to go way left there, but I just had to say it. No, you're you're completely fine. You're com- and I forgot I forgot to add. Uh, when I got out of the hospital, uh, uh, when I finally, you know, I got cleared the next day. I got out. I wasn't allowed to go to my home. Right. Uh, uh, and and she cleared out whatever she wanted from the from our house. Whatever right. whatever she wanted, she cleared out of the house. So, you know, I, I was left with nothing. You know, our son, all of his clothes, all of his books, all of his furniture, it was an empty room mm-hmm. when I got to it, except how'd for a, a handful of Nerf guns. How'd you, how'd, you, how'd you handle those first couple of days? You come out of the hospital, I mean, you can't go home. Like, how'd you handle not being able to see your son for the first time? I mean, at this point, he's, what, seven or six, about to be seven or something? Yeah. So, so how'd you yeah. handle like you were there his whole life, like outdoing the parents that you had saw? So, like, how'd you, how'd you, like, those initial reactions? How'd you, how'd you? It's shocking, you know. You think 2019, you know, you think you know both parents have a right to their child, you know, you know, if you don't deal with the family court system, yeah. you you don't know how easy it is for a for a child to be stripped from you, for you to lose you uh-huh. know, all contact with the child. You you don't know the power. You know you hear about it in the news, but you don't you don't really you know you don't you don't think it's going to be you, right? You know you don't you don't think it's going to be you because you care you know? enough and you think people aren't have yeah. enough decency in their heart to be people, bro. But at the end of the day, <laughs> we've had you will be the 29th father this season who tells almost not the same story, but in each story there is a one person wants to go on a voyage and go another way and that's a decision that they're making not to be team players no more. If they're married, if they ain't married. It's been the same thing, bro. And it just hurts my heart because it's like you are 
leaving the team here. If you are leaving the team, leave the team. But the team stays. You don't get to take the jerseys, the ball, the culture. You don't get to do that. You take you when you go to a new team. But it might not work. You know what I mean? So it sit uh, if it's work if this team works and you want to leave it, leave. But why should you get to take the core of the nucleus, the kid? If you're the one who wants to leave the team. Unless, you know, I guess I guess, I guess. But I mean there's toxic situations and whatnot. All stories are different, but I'm just saying, like, there's been this constant trait and it's going on and on and on. It's just hurtful, man, because it's like why couldn't you go to the house that you worked all the hours to get? All the yeah. furniture you helped probably select in the kitchen where you probably wash the dishes, where you go to the fridge, you know, you hit, and then to just have, can't go, can't go to it. it. It's just hurtful, man. That's hurtful, man. Because I'm like, damn, you were turned into a villain overnight. All you were trying to do is play your fucking Xbox or PlayStation, bro. That that's it. That's it. You know. You know. You, you be a good father, no matter what you do, and, and you know you try to be the best father that you can. You try to be the best husband that you can. But in the end, if somebody, you know, wants to bring poison, they're they're gonna bring poison, and and you can do nothing but try to combat it. You know, and and you know you can't control other people's actions. You can only control your own actions. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm, like that. That that's exactly you know what where I try to live you know I can't control you know I can't control you know what what Carolyn does you know I I can't control you know her calling the cops I can I can but I can control what I do oh yeah I, I, oh yeah I I can be a good father continue to be a good father you know I can I can do all the right things and and let them do what they're gonna do. And, and in the end, everything always comes out. Uh-huh. Because, man, your attitude is yours. You know, your energy yeah. is yours, man. So that's that's absolutely right. But sometimes, man, yeah. I say the thing, you got to say some some of the things. It's like, man, but that that's something that you had to say because you can't control yeah. the other person doing those things. You know what I mean? You can't look around and just get engulfed by the situation. You're just so... You're just so engrossed by your own situation that you can't really just find the beauty in it, because I'm sure you know what I mean. As we as we get into your story a little more, you found the beauty. You you, you know what I mean. In, in ten years, there'll be beauty in this for you because you'll be there. You've have helped so many people by then. You know what I mean. But yeah, go ahead, man. I'm sorry. So you were saying they arrested you for false accusations, and then what happened? So I had I had the felony criminal threat. I had the the violation of a protective order, which uh-huh. you know I, I'm sure a lot of fathers out there knows is it's used against fathers on a regular basis. Oh yeah. And so uh, I mean I had I had family court coming up, you know, in two days. Oh, so what a fucking I went, plot! Oh, so what went, a plot! Oh my god, yeah, what a plot! Yeah, so so I had my contempt of court hearing for her not letting me see her son. You know, two days from the Monday that I was arrested. Right. And uh, and obviously they held me for 48 hours. So the, the morning of Wednesday, I went uh, in shackles, you know, in a prison, you know, uniform, you know, in my jail, you know, orange scrubs. I went to my bond hearing where the prosecutor said I was a danger to the community. You know, I had a, a $15,000 bond set 
and then and an hour and a half later I had I had family court. So I showed up to, you know, family court in shackles, escorted, you know, by the guards. And, you know, it's not a good look. That was the very first time I actually stepped in a family court uh, in front of the judge was when, you know, was, you know, in shackles, in chains. You know, I got tattoos, you know, and, and they don't see the best of you in that life. So so we went there and they filed an emergency motion. God, that, that just hurts my heart, Alex. I'm yeah. sorry, man, because I'm thinking about you and tattoos standing yeah. in this courtroom. First time in family court you've been waiting to get here. Your first time you're showing up in shackles because somebody decided, hey, it'd be a great idea to make him be the bad guy for this one, even though I'm the bad guy. If I do something to make him the bigger bad guy, they'll forget yeah. that I'm the really the bad guy. That shit is yeah. so goodness that makes me it, that 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 hurts my heart, man. That's, that's there's you know, yeah. No, you're you're good. You know, you know the judge. You know, he doesn't know your life story. He doesn't know who you are. Yep. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't know that you just served twelve years in the military. You don't have any criminal convictions. Yep. He doesn't know. He doesn't know anything. He just sees you for the first time walking in in shackles, and and you're in custody right now in prison for for stalking. You know, criminal threat, and that that's all he knows. So right. so you know, obviously they filed an emergency motion to grant her. You know, full custody of our son, and you know, I I knew what was going to happen the second I walked in there, and uh, she ended up gaining custody of our son. This was uh, November sixth, I believe, uh, two thousand nineteen, and uh, and the judge said he was taking the most cautious approach that he could, and 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 I lost custody there. I was back on supervised visitation, so that very day I paid fifteen hundred dollars to a Bell's bondman cash. To, to you know, get my freedom back, get my life back, um, and and you know, I I you know, I got out of jail that night, and you know, I, I told myself, you said, I I said, you know, this isn't the end of it, you know, I said, I said, I'm not going to give up on my son, I said, I know I'm in a hole right now with these charges, but I'm not going to give up on him. He needs his father in his life. So so we continue. I I go to the police station. You know, I have two attorneys at this point. I, you know, I have one handling my criminal charges. I have the other one for the divorce. The one for the divorce wasn't very good, so I switched everything over to my new attorney, and and that that was a blessing to do. Uh, so, so I mean, thank God I switched over to him. Right. So in the meantime, you know, I I started to take control of my case. You know, all my cases that I was dealing with. We filed the appeal for the protection order. Uh, uh, you know, I, I worked on the appeal with my attorney, you know, to get everything right. I, I did, you know, thousands of hours of legal research, um, you know. So so I guess I guess you could say now, you know, the military, they weren't too happy about my arrest. So, so then I went under investigation for my secret uh, security clearance and, and – and so my career was on the line. You know, my 12-year, you know, in the military career was on the line at this point, right. as well as losing my son, losing everything. You know, I, I stood to lose everything. And uh, so so I, I started doing my legal research. And uh, come, come January, I actually ended up getting uh, a search warrant from the uh, – I'll, I'll go back. So in November uh, – November of 2019, 
health clinic on 4 Leavenworth. Right. So what she did was she sent herself an anonymous email saying that I was going to hurt her, hurt our child, do all these horrible things. And that got the military criminal investigation involved. So now we have a, a federal agency now working on the case. So they teamed up with Leavenworth uh, Police Department. They, they served a search warrant on my house and all my, and, 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 and all my vehicles. So they, they uh, January 2nd, 2020, they, they ransacked my apartment. They, you know, they, you know, they tossed everything everywhere. You know, this was like two o'clock in the morning when they did all this. And, uh, they took all my electronic devices. They took everything. They, I mean, they, they, they went all out, right? They, they took everything. And, uh, that turned out absolutely nothing. So, uh, in February, uh, 2020, all my, all my, oh, let me, let me go back a minute. I, I apologize. I, I forgot. No, no, man. I was actually going to say something there. I was going to say, man. So bro, it's, it's <laughs> another false accusation. I mean, cause why wouldn't she do it? And quote yeah. unquote anonymous text yeah. work before. So why not just yeah. do it again? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And take it up a notch. That shit is so yep. elementary, and if and if the state yep. workers in your case would have had just opened their eyes a long fucking yep. time ago, you wouldn't have been getting ransacked at two o'clock in the morning at your apartment. Oh yeah, I forgot. You got a big ass house that you worked your fucking ass off, watched people die for. You know what I mean? I have my buddy Jake on here. Yep. I want to use my teammate in high school. He's out here telling me about people dying out here in front of him. Out there in Afghanistan, bro. He's telling me this shit. Like, okay. And then the way he was treated in his story, bro, breaks my fucking heart, bro. Because I don't understand why why the community, not the community, in this instance, it's the state. it's, It's the state workers, bro. Each and every one of them in your case that touched it. Each and every single one of them. As well as everyone yeah. else. They should have listened to you, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, bro, you weren't out of your mind. You were about to play the game. Oh, out of my mind, how? I'm about to play the game. Bro, and, and, and it just hurts my heart, bro. Thinking about you in those shackles in the damn courtroom. I'm not thinking about them kicking, rushing in your house. Now, mind you, I want to mind my listeners. Okay. Everyone who ran and go, oh wait, who killed? Who was it that kicked in your house? Was it the police? It was. It was uh, uh, Leavenworth Police and the Military Criminal Investigation Division. So it was a federal agency and the local police. Okay, so let's 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 listen to this here for a second. He's lost his house, and they think if if he was at the I'm gonna lose it all, I'm gonna do it all stage. He's going to be sending anonymous text messages. <laughs> yeah. Now only, listen, only Alex and all the people who went through it with him know for a fact what they had him doing. They know what they had him doing. And they know what he saw. And they know what he, people he knows saw. To come back and to treat him like, He's a bad human being when he's trying to tell the truth. Now, bro, I, uh, yeah, man, I'm sorry, man, you had to go through that, man. And I know everybody was victimized by it, but at the end of the day, 
It was just so elementary the things this person was doing, and if these criminal, if these folks who wanted to find the criminals could actually get the criminal, <laughs> yeah, it hurts my heart, bro. I'm like, damn, I see these people shuffling through your apartment at two o'clock in the morning. Okay, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to interrupt you, bro. Oh, you're you're completely fine. Um, you know, you know, you know. I I just want to ask. You know, I know we said it before. This can happen to anybody. If it could happen to somebody that's been yep. in the military for yep. twelve years, no criminal conviction. Right. They can lose their It it could happen to anybody. Right. So, uh, I forgot to add. You know, uh, I had just came back from a uh, tour in Korea. I, I was in Korea for a year. I, I did a, I, you know, I, I did some time in Korea. I worked at the correctional facility there, mm-hmm. you know, so my family could stay at Leavenworth, and, and you know, they could, you know, they can be settled down. I made the sacrifices, and uh, you know, you know, I, I you know, word kind of got back to me that uh, I guess while I was in Korea, she uh, kind of stepped out of the family, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, and, I know uh, what you're saying. I know yeah, exactly what yeah. you're saying, cause I'm like. Nobody, yeah, nobody here. in none of these yeah. stories, nobody in none of these stories just walks away because they want to, realistically. The bottom no, line, they, the most of it is, they just, they just, it's too weak to just walk the line. Like, oh, no, I just can't stay in here. I got to go chase some more. Like, bro, it's not about you chasing nothing yeah. else, bro. It's about you being a parent. Your child will be 18 one day, 15 one day, 17 one yep. day. But at least, dog, do the walk till they have at least. You know what I mean? And and it don't even have to be. It don't even have to be. But it shouldn't have to be a full hijack move on everything you've ever yeah. done for that person, bro. Everything you ever yeah. done for that person, they literally loaded back like Jason Hansen. That's a kicker from the Detroit Lions from back in the day, and kicked you in the nuts, dude. And that's fucked oh. up, considering the blood, sweat, tears, bullets. In real life, fucking shit you had to deal with to keep this thing going, bro. You know, I, you know, I, you know, I always thought, you know, you know, with me working hard, you know, sacrificing, doing it, you know, everything that you do that you would want to do for your family, and and you know, uh, you know, from what I heard from from uh, multiple people that someone would just step out, you know, uh, of that, you know, and and then and then. You know, not not just step out, but then try to take everything from you. You know, someone that you know, yeah. you know, said said that they would always be, you know, be there for you. And it's fine if you don't want to be with me anymore, but but don't don't take everything I have from me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like don't don't say, hey, you know, let's let's split it off. You know, let's talk about custody. Let's you know, let's do all that. And yeah. but but just step out, and then and then. Decide that okay, now I'm out for vengeance. You know, now now I'm out to take, you know, take him because it didn't work out. It, it it's devastating. You know, it 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 and it can happen to anybody mm-hmm. because you know, I, every father you know that's going through this right now, they'll tell you I could not see this happening. I could not see this person ever trying to take my child from me. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see them doing this. I couldn't see him doing that. They'll, they'll never do that. There's fathers out there right now who's in a, you know, a, a marriage, and, and they'll, you know, they'll, uh, they'll say, no, it'll never happen to me, because I was in, the, I was in the same boat. I see, I, you know, I've watched, you know, 2020. I've watched all those, and I, I said, that'll never happen to me. Come on now, mm-hmm. like, it's not gonna happen to me. 
and it and it does. So I'll I'll uh, I guess I'll continue uh, where I left up. I forgot to add a couple of weeks after I got out of jail. You know, I had my felony and my misdemeanor charge. I had uh, I had two additional charges uh, mailed to me in the mail. So I'm dealing with four four criminal charges now. My two additional charges were uh, violation of a protective order because what I didn't know at that point was that she was filing police reports almost every single day, mm. almost every single day, trying to have me arrested. So I had, uh, so she works at Munson Army Hospital, and so what Carolyn, uh, what Carolyn would do was, uh, she said that I stalked her at her job, which would be a violation of a protective order. So she said on September 10th, 2000. Uh, 19, I stalked her at her, her job. I showed up. I hung out there for hours. I had to be, you know, removed by security and all that. And and me, I didn't know any of this stuff. So I'll, I'll, I'll move forward now in time, right? We're, we're going back to, uh, you know, you know November time frame where I had just gotten all my charges. You know, we're just now trying to handle all this. You know, I'm trying to get custody of my son back. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so... We, we subpoenaed Munson Army Hospital. We, we uh, subpoenaed their security personnel there. Uh-oh, because uh, if, if yeah. uh, you would yeah. think someone would be smart enough to know. Now, had anyone doing any real police work before, they would have seen where the IP address was sent, but they don't care about that. It's easier to make you spend three days in jail and fight fucking five cases. Way easier. I'm yeah. sorry, six cases, whatever. Whatever, bro. Bullshit, bro. But I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. So, so we subpoenaed uh, the the Munson Army Hospital security. And we said, hey, um, you know, Carolyn Taylor made these accusations. She works at Munson Hospital. Uh, they have video recording and they have a full security detail there that keeps logs of everything that happens. Uh-oh. And so we're we're trying to find out the September 10th allegations. And, and they got back to us, and they said, we have no record of that ever happening. Uh-oh. Right? So never, we have no record of it ever happening. We, we have no video recording. They're like, there's nothing mm. There's nothing we can do. We have nothing to turn over in a subpoena because it, we, we have no evidence of it ever happening. Mm. So so we, we moved down into February. I'm in my preliminary hearing, so I, you know, I show up to work. I mean, I show up to court. You know, wearing a nice suit. You know, I show up there with my attorney, and I have my pre- preliminary hearing to see if my felony charge is going to move forward. At that point, all my cases were combined into one case, and you know, we're taking it to trial. You know, we're ready to go to trial. You know, we're we're 100% ready to go to trial, and we get to the preliminary hearing, and the 11th, so three months later, February, after I was charged, they dropped every single charge against me. Every every charge that I was facing was dismissed. They dismissed every charge due to there being absolutely no evidence. The search warrant, searching my devices, mm. nothing back with anything mm. that I've done anything to her. Mm. So at that point, you know, we're like, all right, you know, my charges got dismissed. We're ready to move forward for custody. You know what I'm saying? You know, we're so so. You know, I'm not trying to take full custody away from 
so, at this point. I don't mean to cut you off here, but you can't help but go. I, you just went right. You just moved right past the best part. So uh-huh. you mean to tell us that this person lied to that extent to the authorities, yep. filing false reports daily, and also lying to the folks you were working for, which we know them yep. two separate, and all was found to be 100% fabricated and no evidence, because you know the folks you work for yep. did a fine search on you. Nope. And no evidence was found, and nothing was done to the false accus the, the, the person making all the false accusations and causing up the stir? So I'm going to tell you, I went to the police department, and I went and I talked to the police. And a police officer told me, you know, I brought everything, and he said, he said, I'm going to tell you right now. He said, they will, the prosecutors will never file charges for a false police report. He said, we've had, we've had people lie about our police officers saying we did things. And when they, you know, that we committed criminal offenses. And they went, when they went back on our body cam footage, they found out that was completely wrong. And they, the prosecutors refused to prosecute because they, they say they don't want uh, uh, people to feel like uh, that there's something getting in the way of them filing a, a police report. So, so there, there, will, there will never be any repercussions criminally for what my, my ex-wife did. There, there, will, there will be no repercussions for her. There's nothing. Man, and that's, that's, that's crazy, man, because what'd you lose? You lost everything. You know what I mean? What's, what's, what, what amount of time, what, what amount of money can the next man give you to be like, hey, man, I want you to just take this this cash and just forget about your... I mean, you'll do it for... you forget about... If you got your kids, you got... I mean, you'd give up. You're happy when you got your kids now. But, I mean, like, at the time, like, no money would have been you made you been happy without your kid, bro. You wanted your kid. You know what I mean? You didn't want money. You wanted your kid. You want really success. You wanted your kid. You know what I mean? That's- that's it. When we when we filed our so after after the charges were dismissed, we filed a motion to modify the temporary custody orders, and we didn't ask to take custody away from her. We didn't ask, you know, oh because she did all this. We asked for shared physical custody with me still paying the seven hundred dollars a month in child support that I was paying. What? I was willing to. Yeah, that's that's my son. I'm willing to pay that. That's uh, my son, and I'm take away from my son. Now you've been and, doing a lot of learning. You just said you. Yeah, were, yeah. Like, I, how long? How long were you paying seven hundred a month in child support? Uh, up in this is my last month of paying seven. Uh, I paid seven hundred dollars. Uh, uh seven hundred, I believe, and forty-seven dollars a month. I pay. Uh, I paid, and and you know I've been paying that for a year, and 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 I don't mind paying that. That's my son. I'm going to take care of my son, and. And nope. it doesn't matter. To me. Now, now, look, the child never matters to me. No, 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 no. Now hear me out now, Alex. Yeah. I know you're smarter than me. I know you are. A lot of my callers are. We're just regular folks. I'm just not like, I wasn't like a good, I mean, I got school. I went to college, but like, I'm not, I wasn't like a good scholar. I'm not good at that. <laughs> I'm good at like other shit. 
school yep. I got because like I tried to get it, but like I didn't give a fuck about anything or teaching us or anything like that. So a lot of folks are giving me a lot of books smarter than me. But hear me out. I just know you're a smart dude, all right? Uh-huh. Tell me you know about Title Four. Title Four? Yeah. Now what's Title Four? Okay. Well, this is why you don't mind paying child support because you think child support is you supporting your child. It's not that. Oh no, child. No, it's not. Child support is me. Is me. So I make a lot more than my ex-wife, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so what? I I don't a hundred percent agree with with the way the child support system set up because not only I'm paying. So he can live the same lifestyle with his mother. So I'm paying rent, electricity, you know, I'm, I'm paying all that as well for her, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't know where that money is getting spent. Mm-hmm. But, but that, that's the way the system is set up right now. No, nah, I might be explaining it to you. All right. So listen, bro. Here we are. This is Title Four. Title Four was put into the, it's Title Four, Section D, um, uh, it was put into the Constitution in 1975, okay? So here's the deal. So um, basically, this is the ins- this is when the, the government incentivized, uh, gave incentive to each state to put us on child support, okay? Now here's how they oh, did it. Of course they make that money. Of course they make that money. Yeah, this is how they did it, bro. They said, look, for every $1 you get in child support, that, that every $1 spent in child support, the government kicks back that state, that county, that building, 66 cents. Okay, Alex? To the dollar. For doing nothing. Now, hear me out. It's not over yet. Now, let's say mom has any state aid. She's on, let's say mom is on, has a bridge card or she has a... Medicaid. Yes, Medicaid. Any of those things. Yeah. They get up to five dollars to the dollar, Alex. Oh, I know, I know the state's getting their kickback for child support. That's why, so, that's why you know, that's and, why they're in it. That's why yeah. fathers go to jail if they don't pay it. Yeah. So look, bro. Yeah. So look, the money goes what? right back to that building. It goes to their retirement funds. It goes to their pensions. Yep. It goes to their. What uh what all the re- you know they're getting pay raises basically bro it goes it goes right back to the building there's a conflict of interest because if the building does put you on child support you know what I mean it's not like the the, the other party and it's a trick it's not good for the mom or the the it's not good for either of them because they're milking you in order to and it gives the mom like it really makes the mom want to say I'm gonna put you on child support because it's it's fucking, it's, they'll, it's, they know, you know what I mean? So it gives them incentive to leave you. It's, it, get, it gives them incentive to break the family up. It gives them incentive to make it messy. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, it's crazy, bro, because you will pay those $700 willingly. And we hear it from your voice. If that's the cost of helping to be a father that month, then that's the cost you will pay. But, yeah. but why does the state have to put there be the middleman? Because it's not like you walk the 700 and just hand it to her. But they want to be the middleman because so I could touch it, look at oh, it, yeah. see it, sh- scan them out, and, and get it back and get that cut from it. Which is oh, all yeah, pros because it's not like she's losing from it. They're just getting free money for making you pay. You know what I'm yeah, saying? So check, it's crazy. That check goes to the Kansas Payment Center. 
every month that the check has to go through them. I, you know, it, it's it's insane the amount of money that that governments make, attorneys make, everyone makes because of a broken family. Mm-hmm. It, it's the, the money's out there, and it's it's a profitable it's a profitable business for the government, and it's a profitable profitable business for the attorneys. It's the money's the money's out there, and and everyone's wanting to collect their share. I'm seeing and, here Kansas is the worst state for fathers than Michigan. I see. Yo, it's 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 not a it's not a good it's not a good state for fathers. It's it's definitely not one of the progressive states that that sees fathers as fathers. It's it's not like that here. It's it's not anywhere it's not anywhere like that. I've spoken to a lot of fathers in Kansas that said, you know, all she had to do was go to court and say this, and that was it for me. Like it was done. Right. And, and there's a lot of fathers who haven't seen their kids in years, who have no contact with their children, because all it didn't need, they didn't need actual evidence. All they went and did is provided testimony and said they did this, mm-hmm. and that was it for them. They were done. Mm-hmm. Fathers were done. Mm-hmm. And, and man, that's something we need to. Yeah, we gotta like, fix uh, that shit, man. We have to fix it. I, I, so you were saying. Uh, so, so how? Uh, I think uh, the states need to take a, 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 a approach. I believe is Kentucky or Tennessee, uh, another, a uh, couple of other states are taking it, where parents automatically have shared physical custody unless the mother or the father can prove that they shouldn't. So, so there's no more ex parte orders giving somebody, you know, full rights to their child. There's none of that. Uh, it's automatically given that both parents are fit and able to raise their children. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I believe we need to get that in every state. Well, every th- state has that. Well, think about this. Think about this. Uh-huh. They wouldn't make any money. They wouldn't nope. make any money if they did that. They cut themselves out. They need us to be you versus you. Yep. But here's the thing. Yep. Uh, there's a couple things I want to say while we're on this topic. All right, so check this out. So you got... You got you got 50-50 states here on this map, okay? You got uh, our last caller last night. He was from West Virginia, okay? Uh-huh. And he's in a 50-50 state. Now, as soon as he as soon as he as soon as he got to going like as soon as his thing hit the roof here, his his situation, his old lady pretty much went to Georgia. You know what I mean? Now, she made a mistake. She filed her case in West Virginia and got up and went to Georgia. So what she did was, yeah, they had it transferred to Georgia, but it was such a smart move on her behalf because she went from a 50-50 state to a 23% state, you see? But but I got a question, though. Was it filed in West Virginia prior to her living in Georgia for six months? That's that's the thing you gotta live, because where the child lives for six months is where where it's supposed to be filed in. So, so I'd be I'd be willing to bet it was fi- He told me that it was the papers from West Virginia was on the counter when he got home, and nothing was there. Oh, you know, he said there was moving trucks there or some shit. He had the police come do a wellness check because he hadn't heard from his wife. And when the police came, they said he had what. 
They called, the detective called him and said he had moving trucks in his fucking house, boxes or something. And he rushed, uh, and, he, and he broke, he was sad as hell, so he came back. When he came home, all his, kid, his wife's kid stuff was gone, there was a letter on there, on his table. Uh, that was papers, you know what I'm saying, from West Virginia, but... Think about this, bro. Yeah, there, he is probably gonna, he is gonna, he is gonna, he is gonna get his rights, bro. Cause that was a West Virginia yep. case, not a Georgia case. But it no, just goes can't to move, show that move the kids out of Virginia. Yeah, Once the case is started in Virginia. You can't move them out. It's kidnapping. Right, you gotta, right. You bring them back. But, 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 but there's another caller too, Alex. I forget his name uh, because I've been talking to so many dads and I haven't been going back and re-listening like I should, but. Uh, I still remember these stories in my head, and it hurts me because I be I be listen good. But here's the thing: the dads that do live in the 50/50 states don't know they're in 50/50 states. I'm coming to find right from my computer chair that the dads that live in 50/50 state these 50/50 states aren't fucking advertising to the fathers that it's a 50/50 state. You see. These dads have no clue. Like last night yeah. when I told him, I thought he was gonna know for sure. He was like, "Fuck." That's what the fuck. I'm like, yeah, what the fuck? I, it was not his fault, bro. In my opinion, and 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 I mean, bro, you're standing in a, you're from you're from you're originally from Texas. That's a 33% state, okay. And right now you're in Kansas. That's a 26% state. And and yeah, and, 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 and what's in between you and Texas is a 22% state in Oklahoma. So like, what you know? Now Missouri's a 50-50 state. But what you know, bro, is what you know is dads not having rights. We don't know 50-50. Colorado's 50-50. New Mexico's 50-50. Arizona's 50-50. Las, Las Vegas 50-50. I literally live five miles from Missouri, and and I know uh, Missouri is a 50-50 state. And it, I mean, literally, Leavenworth, uh, Leavenworth Fort Leavenworth is literally straddles the river. And 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 it's it a hundred feet from Missouri. So if I if we would have lived in Missouri, then we would have been dead set. But but it just so happens that we live in Kansas. But and and but these these states should have posters. They should have run commercials. They should be pushing the topic and letting dads know, hey, this is a 50-50 state now, not just yeah. for. Not just, it should be advertisements on their cell phones when they scroll down Facebook. There should be like 50-50 committees in each of these states or fuck, I don't know. But there needs to be something letting these dads know. Because, bro, there's still dads who think it's 1922. They still think it's 1992 and they don't have rights in that state. But the fact is, some of these states are changing the laws. And they're letting the dads walk in and they're trying to give them a feeling out process. Hey, what does he know? If he knows, we'll let him slide. If he don't, well, that's bullshit, bro. You know what I mean? That's bullshit. Yeah. So, yeah, man, go ahead, bro. I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to throw you way off, man. So, you're telling, you were saying, uh, I'm trying to think of where you where? left off. You were talking about, where? uh. All right, ahead. so, for, at, at, right now, I have, uh, uh, four criminal charges. Uh, one felony, three misdemeanors. I lost, uh, I lost, you know, I lost visitation rights to my son. Uh-huh. I'm back on supervised visit. Um, uh, right after that, you know, uh, February, okay, so where we left off, February 2020, all my criminal charges were dismissed. Right. And we filed a motion for shared 
50-50 custody. I wasn't, I wasn't asking to change child support. I wasn't asking for anything. I was asking for a temporary order to give me my rights to my child back so that I can raise him like a father should. Like I've been raising him for the first seven years of his life. And uh, so, so, we're, so, so we go to court. And 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 uh, and we go to court, and they say we want to do a child custody evaluation. The judge says I don't feel comfortable making any changes. I want to take the most cautious approach. He said I don't want to change anything until we do a child custody evaluation. So the fathers out there that don't know, a child custody evaluation is not your friend. It's not there to help you. It's not there to do anything for you. What it is is you pay a psychologist to to do mental evaluations, talk to you, you know, talk to the other parent, talk to the child, you know, talk to uh, teachers and, and friends and everything like that to determine what exactly, what what parenting plan would actually be in the best interest of your child. Right. And and it's not it's not cheap. I mean, I I pay. Uh, we paid a total of about $9,000 to have this done. $9,000? Why the fuck do you yeah. have to pay? They're the ones who wanted you to do it. Oh, no, I, I paid half. He paid half. Yeah, so, like, no, I, that's I, what I'm saying. It's their ordeal. Yeah. Why the hell do they want you to do it? Yeah, they could have yeah, took it, those $9,000. You could have took that half of that money and put that towards, man, college. your baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, college. College, you know, we have two attorneys. We're paying them. You know, we're paying the child because it could all go to our son's college and get a good college education. But instead, we have to spend it, you know, getting the child custody evaluation done. So, you know, uh, since you know COVID hit and everything like that, you know, it's a psychologist. So, you know, I'm doing interviews with him. and stuff like that. At this point, I forgot to I forgot to add uh, my my ex wife. At this point, my supervised visits were cut off. I didn't have any contact with them. My family didn't have any contact with them because what my ex wife did was she uh, uh, fabricated another one of her emails and she she contacted the the nonprofit organization that did the supervised visitation and said. Look, he sent me a, uh, an email saying he was going to kill our son at supervised visitation. And, and, and the email also said if I had unsupervised visitation, I would kill him. If, if I had any phone, co- phone contact with him, I would kill him. And this started in March of 2020. So my charges were dropped in February. March of 2020, she said, hey, he... He said that that he was gonna kill kill him. So while I was going through my child custody evaluation, I had no contact with them. I had I had you know I had absolutely nothing. Uh, CASA uh, cut off visitation uh, while the you know the attorneys looked at it while the court proceedings happened. So so for four months I had absolutely no contact with our son. And he lived, you know, miles down the street from me. I drove past his daycare all the time, and I, I could have no contact with him. So, so we're going through this child custody evaluation that we paid nine thousand dollars for, and uh, and the doctor, uh, 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 the psychologist, he's been in it 
him for 40 years. And, you know, I'm doing my phone interviews with him. We did our, our psychological testing we had to do. And, and he submitted a report to the court. Now, the court for these uh, child custody evaluations, 90% of the time, if we make it to trial, they use those child custody uh, evaluation recommendations to determine what custody that the, that the parents should have. So, so we go through it, and his first recommendation was that I need to start taking alcohol testing, right? Right. Uh, as, a, as, a, as a precaution for me to be with their son, I need to do alcohol testing. And I'm like, what do you mean? Alcohol has never been brought up in any of our cases. Like, you know, I'm not an alcoholic, so why is it even a factor? And, and so for me to have unsupervised visitations, I should have alcohol testing on a regular basis. Well, the judge wasn't happy with his report because he didn't recommend what custody he thinks we should have, like shared custody, you know, regular stand Kansas, uh, you know, Disneyland dad custody where I see him every other weekend and Wednesdays for three hours. And so the judge told him, you need to refile a report and, and send it to us. So he made a report and he said, due to the unfounded allegations against the father that that he should be placed on supervised visitations with phone contact with his son. So at that point, you almost know it's a death sentence, right? right. So due to unfounded allegations, I should not have a relationship with my son, basically. I should be on permanent supervised visitation. I should not be able to raise my son. And we paid $9,000 for that report. $9,000 due to unfounded. Unfounded. That means they didn't fucking find it. <laughs> no, no. His report said due to the, uh, 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 yeah, due to the unfounded allegations, the father should remain on supervised visitation. Right. Yeah. No, that's just some bullshit, man. Yeah. And we paid $9,000 for that report. No, no, it sounded like you just said, due to the fact that we didn't find anything behind these allegations, the dad should have to stay on. That's what it sounded like. It sounded like, yeah, uh, that shit is just crazy, bro. No, I, I, no, that, it, it hurts, bro, because I'm thinking, bro, you paid nine bands for that. And you're looking yeah. at it like, what yeah. the hell did I just pay these people for? What the biggest heist ever. Yeah, exactly. You know, everybody takes a cut of the profit. You know, every everybody takes a cut of the profit. You know, at family court, everybody everybody benefits but the family. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody takes a piece of the pie. So we filed another we filed another uh, motion. We filed an emergency motion right now to change the custody order again to give me shared custody of our son mm -hmm. with me paying the same child support, me doing all that, and I just wanted to see my son, and uh, and it got it got denied. And we went to court. Uh, you know, then she started making allegations that I was an alcoholic, you know, and all this other stuff that I was abusive and, and, you know, and, and the, the judge said, well, we still have other issues in this case, so I'm not going to grant it. So we're talking about May of 2020, the judge denied it. He denied everything. I, I had no custody. I was still on supervised visitation. You know, all my charges were dismissed. 
I was still dealing. I'm still. I was still at that point. I was still dealing with a uh, military criminal investigation against me. Right. right. So they're still doing their. You know, they got federal funding. They they have all the power. They can investigate this thoroughly to determine where these are coming from. Right. So, so at that point, you know, my attorney. He was a, a very good attorney. He got all my criminal cases dropped in three months, which was unfounded. You know, it, it's un, it's unheard of because uh, most people that face charges, they're they're going to be found guilty or they're going to plead out. It, it was it's unfounded that he was able to get those things. It's insane that he was able to get those things dismissed. And uh, so I decided to take hold of my case. So I I asked my attorney if he would remove himself from the case. Uh, he, he filed a motion and and I would represent myself in this case at that point. So now it was time to get to work, right? It, it was time. I had numerous motions for, for some sort of custody denied. It was time that I needed to take charge of my case and get to work. I've done research on it. You know, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've, I've done what I felt that I needed to do to take charge of my case. You know, I was, I was, you know, digging myself out of a hole. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm facing an attorney that has 30-plus years of experience in family court, and it was time for me to take hold of my case and stop spending money on attorneys. You know, I was 40, you know, 50 grand, you know, in attorney fees at this point. And, and it was time for me to take hold of my case. Right. So my attorney removed himself, and I started filing discovery requests. Right? I, I filed discovery requests after discovery requests. Trying to get a hold of where, right, these allegations came from. Trying to get evidence. You know, I was taking this case to trial if it didn't settle. And uh, they weren't they weren't too excited because you know she was still paying her attorney, and they had discovery requests. You know, after discovery requests coming in for valid reasons, right? It's not like I was harassing them or doing any of that. Yeah. I was sending out the discovery requests that I couldn't afford to do if I had an attorney. You know, yeah. so I was filing my own motions with the court. I, w I was doing everything according to the statute. And, and it took me a, a lot to get to the point to where I, I was at that point. And uh, so, so, you know, I start, you know, representing myself, you know, you know, going to hearings. And uh, what, what they don't tell you is attorneys, what they like to do is they like to, they like to delay. Right, because it's a it's a marathon. It's not a race, and and that's that's the thing these fathers out there need to know. Like you might be in this for years, you know, fighting this thing out. You know, you might get one you know one hearing a month, where where you're in that hearing for twenty thirty minutes and that's it, and then and then you schedule another hearing. Mm -hmm. It's 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 gonna be you have to be patient in these in these hearings. Mm -hmm. You gotta be patient with your case. And uh, at the same time, I uh, I filed a defamation lawsuit against my ex-wife for all the allegations she made against me. You know, she made allegations that I broke into her house, uh, extortion, uh, attempted kidnapping. Uh, so, you know, I started collecting body cam footage from the police. I started collecting everything, right? Subpoenas, you, you know, doing everything that I needed to do to prove that, you know, it didn't happen. So we had we had the divorce case we were dealing with, and we had a separate defamation case that we 
all my de- and I realized all my devices that I've had in my possession were searched. I mean, I've had numerous cell phones taken. They, you know, they would take a cell phone. I'd have to buy another, you know, cheap burner phone for Walmart to use. They would take that cell phone, you know, because at this point I've had, you know, 80-plus police reports filed against me, you know, uh, accusing me of, you know, doing terrible things. So, 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 you know, I was able to get all the police reports. I was able to get all the body cam footage. And I found a company, a forensic uh, a company that, that takes all the forensic data off cell phones and whatnot. And, and, and they can determine if somebody was using their, their cell phone and their devices uh, uh, to visit these websites and, and applications and everything that my ex-wife claimed that I, that I was using. Right. You know, so, so what, what happened was I filed the motion. I hired the company, which is extremely expensive. And I filed a discovery request to get all the electronic data off of her devices, right? To determine if she was the one that was, in fact, doing all this. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. So, so, of course, what her attorney did after I filed the discovery request was object to it. They objected to the discovery request. My thinking is, if you got nothing to hide on your devices, why, why would you not agree to it? Uh-huh. Why, why would you not say, okay, you can spend the thousands of dollars to have the data taken off my devices. You're not going to find it. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, that's basic. So, it's nothing there. Go yeah. ahead. It's what they should be saying. Yeah. So that was, that was filed in June uh, 2020. And we, we went to numerous court hearings. Of course, you know, they... They filed numerous extension requests. I've had to file, you know, five motions to compel. You know, they they were forced to compel numerous things, and, and they were having trouble coming up with it and getting it to me and doing any of that stuff. And, you know, we had just started our case. We had a trial set for February 2020 for the defamation case. Uh-huh. And, and the pressure was on. And, you know, I, I told her attorney, I said, once I find these websites on her phone, I said, I said, I'm moving for full custody of her son. I said, that, that's it. I'll, I'll be moving for full custody of him. No, bro, because so, you were just probably just like, no, because you had to do all the work yourself. And it yeah. was just like, bro, fuck that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fuck that, bro. You, it was just on your phone. Once you crack the case and realize that. Instead of trying to do the work, it was way easier for these state workers to make you the bad guy. And yeah. it, the answer was literally right in their face the whole time. The answer to every time she walked in there to make a police report, the answer was on her at the time. It was in her purse or in her pocket. It was on person when she made the report. It was on person. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy, bro. What, what, what's really crazy about the whole thing, like I have, I have body cam footage. You know, our son's standing right there, and she's talking about, you know, uh, uh, she said, I, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, F all of his friends, I'll F his dad, you know, I'll do all this stuff. And at the same time, she's saying, but I'm terrified of him, you know. She, she was talking about, you know, trying to, trying to get custody of her son so she can move him out of state. You know, that, that's her, that was her main goal. She could get custody of her son so she could leave the state with him. Right. And, and 
and I was, I'm not going to let that happen. That you know, he's my son just as much as he is her son, and you're not going to take my son from me. So, so we come, we come. You know, we go to numerous hearings. You know, and the judge, you know, rules in my favor on a on a bunch of these hearings, and and we're finally down to, uh, I believe it's December second. You know, just earlier this month, we have a court hearing to finally hear my motion to compel to force her to turn over her devices and have them searched, right? Uh-huh. And, and, you know, in that same hearing, you know, you know, in, that, in my same motion, I'm, I'm going to turn my devices over, too. If she's willing to pay the money to have them searched, then she's, she's more than I welcome to have my devices searched, right, for these websites. Know, for for all these you know text messages right. and all this stuff, more than welcome to have them search. All my other devices were already searched. I'm I'm ready. Right. So the second we get to the hearing, oh, let me back it up a couple of days. I apologize. Her attorney right? sends her attorney sends me an email and says, okay, here's our settlement offer. You get every other weekend and Wednesday night. And, 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 you know, after, after you know, 13 months of uh, being forced to do supervised visitation. Yeah, they can you know, fuck her, off with that every other weekend. I'll yeah, say it for yeah. you. I know how you feeling. What are you talking about? I yeah. just had to be watched. Fuck you every other oh. weekend. That's four days her, a month, man. You think I'm worthy of that after all yeah. this? No. Yeah, her, her saying, you know, that I'm a, an abuser, a physical abuser. Her, her saying that I'm an a, a alcoholic. Her making all these accusations against me, her saying she won't agree to anything but but supervise visitation for me, you know, for the rest of his childhood. And and, and at that point, I knew I, I I knew like why would they automatically randomly offer me this? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, why would they offer? And I, I said no. I said I'm not going to accept it. I said I said I'm not. I said I said I said you know I I will not accept anything but shared custody of her son. I said, that's the bottom line. I said, that's the bottom line that I'll accept. No, if it's such a sweet deal, you take it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So, so that was like December 2nd that came through. We couldn't come to an agreement. They wanted me to drop my defamation lawsuit against her because they knew that they were going to lose it due to, you know, the body cam footage of her saying, you know, I'm trying to have his castle visit taken away. You know, all the nasty things she said about me in the video. You know, there, there's a lot of other things I have that, that I, I knew if we went to trial that I was going to win the case. Right. I, I knew that I was going to gain custody of our son. As long as I stayed patient, continued to be a good father on my one hour a week I got supervised, and and, and just be a good man. You know, I only got four four hours a month. To, That's to crazy, be able to man. And it, you know, it was, it, it was like, you know, I was watched the whole time. I had to meet him in a strange room, you know, and, and, and I said, I'm not giving up. I said, I said, I'm not just going to accept, uh, uh, you know, every other weekend and Wednesdays to get this over with. I said, I said, he deserves to have his father's life. And I'm like, we've been through this for almost two years at this point. I said, I'm not giving up now. Uh-uh. This is not going to happen. So we get to the December second hearing, to uh, December second of this year, to uh, uh, decide if her devices 
uh, need to be turned over. My motion to compel her devices. Well, everybody in the courtroom knew, right? We were, we were on a, a Zoom hearing due to COVID. Yeah. Everybody knew that their devices were going to be compelled, right? Every, every, everybody knew that the judge was going to compel her to give her up her devices. So what happened was, before I could even speak, her attorney said, we're going to give him what he wants. We're going to give him shared custody. Oh, right off the bat, we're going we're gonna to give him shared custody. We're going to give him what he asked for. It's done. So if we can set this for a status conference in two weeks, we think we'll have this case wrapped up. It'll be done with. So that was, that was the end of that hearing. I agreed. I said, if they're willing to give me shared custody of our son, then, then I'm willing to set a status, uh, status conference for this case. Ah. Yep. Yep. Just like that. Just like that. I was a criminal. You know, I was mentally unfit to raise her son. I was a drug addict. I was an abuser. I was all this. And right off the bat, when her devices were set to be be uh, uh, analyzed and searched, that, that's when, oh, magically, uh, now I'm father of the year. I can have shared custody of our son. Right off the bat. Dog, <laughs> yeah. no, that is yeah. crazy. So when was that? December 2nd? That was, that was December 2nd. Was the day of that hearing? Right. That was December second. I hadn't seen our son in, in practically thirteen months, you know, and and right off the bat they said, okay, we're gonna we're gonna give him we're gonna give him shared custody. So what you got? How how the custody go from there? All right. So we went we went back and forth on the, the settlement offer. You know, every you know, we went back and forth. I got shared custody. She agreed to give me half of his clothing. Um, my my child support was set at uh, two hundred and eighty dollars a month, and and it looked like everything was going smooth. I signed that I signed the agreement. I sent it back to them, and they had one caveat. They wanted they wanted me to dismiss my defamation lawsuit against her. They said you know they wanted that lawsuit dismissed. And, I bet you know I bet they did because it would have uncovered how much how much it would have uncovered how many lies. And how much yep. that one person misused the system as a weapon, which is definitely yep. against the law. One false report here, one false report there, cool, cool. But you start adding them up, you know what yeah. I mean? That has to be something, you know? That's, that's what I say. You can't, because I, I, rec- I requested a jury trial. So 12 members of our peers would decide. And they would see all the evidence. They would see the false allegations. They would see... Uh, I forgot to I forgot to add the uh, CID investigation I was under for a year got unfounded in my favor, and and it, it, it showed that there was no probable cause to ever believe that I ever harassed her, that I ever stalked her, you know, that I ever broke into her, that I never did anything to her. It, it came back founded in my favor. Right. None of it is ever. No, oh, man, that's, that's fucking ridiculous, man. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, man, like, damn, that that's ridiculous, bro. You had you you didn't do anything. Again, you were trying to play the fucking game. <laughs> I can't I can't can't picture you looking at the motherfucker standing in your living room while you go get ready to take a first sip of brew after a long day. Which honestly, if bro, if that's what if that's what your heart had desired, bro, you deserved it, man. You went to war. You know what I'm saying? You fought. You hid behind bricks. Dust was flying. And you made it home, bro. Now you can't, you know, 
shouldn't have had to go through this. So then what happens? And then at the, you know, I, I want to say the worst, the worst thing, you know, that could have happened in this, you know, our, you know, we've spent, there's no winners in family court. We spent $60,000 fighting each other in family court. You know, we spent all this money, you know, our son dealt with all this heartache. He cried, you know, he told me he's cried, you know, wanting to see me. And, you know, his mother said, you know, it's not my fault that you can't see him, you know. And he, you know, it, 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 this whole situation has devastated his life. I bet. And, and uh, you know, he went, you know, he went from, you know, living a nice home, a good life, to this instant conflict, instant fighting, you know, yep. and and all that happened. So now, now we, we cut back. So we're back and forth. You know, I signed the settlement agreement. Everything, everything. You know, it looks like it's about to end. I signed the settlement agreement, and they said, well, we're not going to agree to this, this settlement agreement if you don't dismiss a separate case, right? So so we went back to court on December the 17th, and, and you know, we told the judge, you know, you know, we didn't have, we don't have an agreement, you know, nothing's nothing settled, you know, we're, we're back in the fight, you know. So... So we end that hearing, and, and I schedule another uh, hearing date for my motion to compel on her devices because I said, you know, the case is going to continue forward. I said, if we don't have an agreement, the case is going to move forward on, you know. So that was December the 17th. We ended the court hearing, and and I talked to my father, and my father said, you know, in the end, you just wanted to share custody of your son. He's like, so drop the defamation suit, you know. Uh, Agree to sign and drop the defamation suit and, and get your son. So, so you know, I told him, I said, you know, if, if I don't have my, you know, if y'all guys don't agree to give me my son November the 19th, then we have no agreement. I said, I want him during his Christmas break. I want to be able to spend that time that I lost with him. Yep. And, and they agreed. They agreed. I, I, I filed the dismissal in the civil lawsuit. Uh, it was filed without prejudice. So it can always be refiled uh, within the next six months. Uh, uh, I, I, and I got my son November the nineteenth. You know, not that long ago, I, I got my son back. You know, I, I had per- I just, you know, I purchased a new house in March of two thousand twenty, uh-huh. and the nineteenth, uh, um, I was it the eighteenth. It was one of the days. I think the eighteenth. The eighteenth of this month, I got my son back. I, I got him back. He, he was able to come home. You know, I've had him, you know, ever since then. Uh, uh, shared physical custody of him, you know, and and it, it has been great. He has loved every second that he's been with me. I got to, you know, open Christmas presents with him right. on Christmas Day. I, I you know, I, I got to be a father again, and... Uh, and it it has been great. He you know he's with his mother tonight. You know I I get him back tomorrow, and and now I have shared physical custody of him. So I went from a year ago today to facing four years in prison, uh, supervised visitation, and and you know almost no hope to to share physical custody of her son, and. And you know, you you gotta tell these fathers they need to they need to take hold of their case. Mm-hmm. You know, if 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 you have allegations made against you of you know 
sex in a sexual nature or in a physical nature, you, you can file lawsuits against them, you know, for defamation. You know, there's there's definitely things that you can do to, to take control of your life back. Mm-hmm. It, it might take a lot of research. It might take a lot of, you know, you know, patience and studying. But you got to take control of your life back. You can't you can't just give up because you know there's been numerous times where I, I thought about just giving up. Like you know, fine, you can have him. Like I, you know, the stress gets to you, and you know the the worry gets to you. You know, you have a lot of sleepless nights. You know, without your child in your home, and mm-hmm. it it really got you got to fight. So uh, now at this point in my life. Uh, I'm getting, I'll be out of the military in three or four months. Uh, her, her allegations uh, almost utterly, completely devastated my military career. So, you know, I'm about to, re- you know, retire from the military. I'm going to get out. You know, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to, I'm going to go to uh, law school. I want to, I want to fight for these fathers that, you know, that, that are trying to, trying to be in their child's life. And uh, so, so for the next, you know, five years, I'm going to be doing college. You know, I'm going to be raising my son like he, like he should be raised. And and I'm going to, you know, continue the fight. I want to eventually become a, uh, a family court judge so I can, uh, you know, fight for parents. You know, it's not just fathers out there fighting for their kids. There's mm-hmm. mothers fighting for their kids, mm-hmm. you know. And, and for, a fair, for fairness for all, you know, for fairness for the children, and for fairness for all, so you know, I, I found, you know, this has brought me to a career path that that you know, that I never would have thought in a million years that I would have ever want to do. Um, you know, the, the story is not you know happy all around. You know, our, our son's lost out. We've, we've gone into debt. Um, it looks like my uh, ex-wife uh, is still making criminal allegations against me. Even even after you know after things been unfounded after things have happened you know the allegations still you know persist so it looks like you know I'm gonna have to refile the defamation lawsuit mm-hmm. but but in the end I think uh, our son's better off for having his his father and his wife um, and if his mother continues you know you gotta fight you know to gain full custody of your child. So that they don't have to deal, you know, with a life of constant allegations, constant fighting, constant bickering, you know, and 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 things like that. Like you, you need to fight for your children. You know what I'm saying? No, nah, like, man, I, I hear you 100. percent Uh, we, man, I um, I think that's powerful, man. The the fact that your father and you started off as in a war. You know, you left, you graduated from high school and went right to war, and now you're getting ready to be, you know, in 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 a bigger war. You know what I mean? In oh, in a war for, I, for for the rest of your community. For you know, right in their faces that we're actually gonna get to see you. You know what I mean? So, man, we've seen you. You no, know, I, I forgot. I forgot to add something. Right. So uh-huh. so you know, we gotta get the story out. You know, for fathers. Uh, there's currently a, a documentary in the works uh, and, uh, for uh, my case, you know, using body cam footage, transcripts, all that. Uh, it looks like Netflix might be picking it up. Uh, you know, I'm working on a book for it. You know, we, you got to get the message out. Even though my fight's over, 
you know, my my fight to be in my son's life over, you know, the fight still continues. Oh, and yeah. And I'll continue, you know, the fight to get my story out, you know, to get everything out in the open so so that so that other fathers see, you know, that they're they're not alone in this. Well, know? I'm going to tell you what, man. I went on. You know, when I hear you say there, there's still being allegations made against you, your fight's not over. You're still in a fight. You know what I mean? You're yeah. still scratching, clawing, and fighting for just to be a regular man, bro. You haven't done anything. You're not no, and that's the thing. You're not no fucking regular man. You're a hero. You know? Whether we sit and have this conversation on the phone, whether we, we're, we're, swapping, we're swapping theories, swapping ideas, and sharing experiences, all good and well, but at the end of the day, you're a fucking hero. You know what I mean? And when you, you know, you shouldn't be, no, there shouldn't be false allegations made against you because the person that know, knew you best decided they wanted to chase some more D instead of hold the team down. If Alex leaves the country to go keep this home immaculately kept, if he, if he goes across the seas to, 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 to make this thing go, to make the machine go, your job is to do your job, not jump on your phone and get in a pity party and find your way out to your own voyage. And if that is what you want to do, then that's fine. But, bro, why make it? Why make him the bad guy? Why try to destroy him and hurt him? And this is not a singular issue. This is this is it's not isolated. This shit happens all the time. That's why I'm saying how fucking hurtful it is, bro. And if it can happen to a veteran, a hero, a person who's done nothing wrong... We got to open our eyes, man. You know what I mean? It happens, it happens all across the nation. But, but let me let me put a plug in real quick. If any father, you know, or, or any mother needs to reach out to me and, and you know, they, they, they want to talk, they want advice, you can always find me on Facebook. Look up Alex Force, F-O-R-S-E. You can email me at, you know, aforce95 at gmail.com. I'm always open. And willing to help anybody out that that needs the help that they need. You know, I'm, I'm willing to talk. I'm willing to, you know, we need to get the story out mm-hmm. that that still parents in this in this country that that have to fight to to be able to be a parent. Yeah, man, it shouldn't you know? be a fight, man. It's a God-given right. You know what I mean? God-given right, man. We shouldn't have to fucking fight. And it's sad that you still are fighting. But the best part is, is that. Since you became fighter, you decided that you want to be a fighter full time. You know what I mean? You're willing to go to school and learn to fight full time, and that's so beautiful to me, bro. Because we need way more you. Well, we need way more you lawyers out there. You know what I mean? When I hear how passionate you are towards learning and how you took took control of your own case, that's inspiring. Every father hearing this needs to take and take listen to that and stop just leaving it up to other folks. Stay on top of it. You know what I mean? Myself included. Stay on top of it. Can't take anyone else's word because you gave them a dollar. That's not how it worked. You know what I mean? Stay on top of it. But it's not only that. These people are humans. They can make mistakes as well. We should probably stay on top of it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I do want to... Uh, there's not many times we get fathers on here that are getting ready to go to school and be lawyers to do this full time. Uh... But I know you're getting ready to do it. And uh, I'm so anxious to see how many people you help with this, bro. Like, it, it, someone set out to destroy you any and every way they could. And you're getting ready to take this and try to make it 
you found what your role's getting ready to be, and now you're going to help people. Girl, one day you're going to have a law firm. I know it. I heard what you said. You, you lost everything and bought a whole new house a year later. My man, yeah. you are going to have a law firm one day, and I'll sit in it. I'm going to come sit in it. I'm going to come sit in it, depending what state you're in. Maybe I smoke a cigar outside or something. <laughs> but I'm going to come sit in it. You're going to have a law firm. I do want to ask this. Um, if you could um, say anything to a father going through this, and he's just now starting to go through it, what would you what would you say to him? Uh, I would say to him because I know I know where I was at in the beginning. I was lost, you know. You know, I, I I thought things would come quickly. It's a it's a it's a long fight. It's a don't don't think about it week to week. Don't don't think about you know accepting whatever you gotta accept because you would be able to see your kid instantly. Don't don't accept it. If you gotta fight years, because a lot of times the fight the fight takes years. I mean, it, it does. You know, mm-hmm. you might have you know five minutes a month to be in court, and, and that's that's all you get for that month. But you 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 gotta hold your head up high. You gotta you gotta stay in the fight because it's gonna, it, it's probably gonna take you years. And and I mean that's that's what it's gonna take. It's it's not a race. You know, it's a marathon. And if you if you have to stay in three four years got to go to court back to back and you got to do that for years and then stay in the fight because it, it's worth it in the end when you're able to open christmas presents for your kids you know two three years later after everything started you know then then that's what you're gonna have to do that's mm. what you're gonna have to take start doing your research start you know start start you know finding whatever you gotta find to, to help you with your case and and to be in your child's life it's, it's always worth it or whatever you gotta sacrifice, whatever you gotta do, mm-hmm. make sure you do it, and because you know you know the best interest, and you know what's best for your child. And then, and then I did want to ask you. We have two more questions here. Uh, what would you say to a mother who may be alienating a child? If you could say something. To oh, her. oh, and, and, you know, alienating a child only damages them. And in the in the end, you know, the child always. You know, in the end, you know, you you might win your small victories, but but in the end, the child always sees, and you know, you're doing nothing but hurting that child. Mm-hmm. You know, by telling him your father doesn't want to come see you, or or you know, everything like that, your father doesn't want to see you. You're you're only hurting that child, and 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 you're hurting that child more than you're hurting anybody else. So, you know, the, the sooner that you accept that, you know, a father, you know, because even fathers alienate, as soon as you accept that that other parent's going to be in that child's life, because you chose to have a child with him. Yeah. Then, 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 as soon as you accept that, the sooner everyone can move on with their lives. But in the end, a, t- uh, a parent that alienates a child from their other parent, regardless if it's 10, 15 years down the line, you know, that child might be 20 years old. And, and they believed your lies, you know, from the beginning. They're going to reach out to their father, you know, or their mother, you know, or, or vice versa. And, and they're going to find out. They're going to want nothing to do with you. They're going yeah, to want that's... nothing to do with you when they're an adult because they're going to find out, uh, you know, that the Christmas presents that the father, you know, or the mother sent got undelivered. The birthday, you know, cards got unsent, mm-hmm. you know, ungiven, you know, you know, the, you know. That, that's probably one of the most devastating parts about it as a parent. When you, 
when you try, you know, I remember trying to get my son a, uh, a birthday present on his birthday and just wanting to drop it off at her attorney's office being told, like, it's not wanted, we don't want it, don't give it, don't bring it, don't, you know, it, it, you're doing nothing but hurting the child. Right. And, and if you just think about your child before you think about yourself and your own feelings, then, then, then this world would be a better place. And then lastly, um, if uh, I know you get to see your son now, um, but tech, the way technology is rolling, um, technologies, it, these type of things aren't going anywhere. I can't predict where podcasts will be in 15 years. Um, yep. So uh, if 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 this if this article of audio gets saved like it's supposed to, um, and he can hear this message and understand it clearly in fifteen years, what what uh, what message would you have for your for your wonderful son? Um, the message that I would have for him um, is that you know your father you know your father's not perfect. You know I I try everything I can to to make sure that. You live a good life, and and you know that that you're well taken care of, and you know, like like you said before, the the fight's probably not over. This, you know, your cases aren't over until the child turns 18, mm-hmm. and they can always change, they can always evolve. But you know, I, I'm gonna keep staying in the fight. I'm gonna keep fighting and be with you, and and uh, and that I love you very much. Yeah, man. I think and, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're fine. You're fine. That's it. I, you know, I, I love I was, my son. I was going to want him to live a good life. Yeah, man. I was going to say, man, I think he's going to be extremely proud of you, man. I think I think if uh, I think if he knew all you really went through, man, um, and fully got it and fully understand it, fully understood it. I you know, think, what's that? When he's older, he's going to be able to watch the documentary. He's going to be able to read the book. You know, he's going to be able to see all the body cam footage, you know, in time when he gets a lot older. And he's going to see yeah. He's gonna see the truth. The truth. Because even, even with children, the truth always comes out, and the children, you know, your kids, they always find out the truth. Because mm-hmm. you know, you can't, you can't change transcripts, you can't change body cam footage, you can't change motions, you can't change anything. The truth is the truth. Right. And the truth always speaks for itself. Nah, man. I think I think you hit some. You hit the nail right on the head, man. The truth always speaks for itself, and that's why all these dads that come on this podcast relentlessly chase down their children because they, uh, they they want to be fathers, man. They, like nothing means more to them than fatherhood. Not one father on this podcast that I spoke to cared about something else more than being a dad. Each one of these dudes wanted to be dads. And when you get this link, I'll send you the link over. When you get this link and you listen for yourself, you'll see. All these men are just dying to be fathers, bro. They want nothing more. They want nothing more. Just want to be fathers and an equal chance to be in their children's lives. Now, what you've done is you set an example for anyone listening to this podcast that you don't just have to necessarily rely on other people. You can put take matters in your own hands, grab the case, grab your case, and work your case with your own hands. That's all you have to do. It's not, it, it, and, and it seems hard, but if you put the energy and effort into learning what you can learn, it can be done. Also, I do want to conclude with this. If there's any father out there um, that can relate specifically, specifically to Alex's story, if there's even a mother out there who wants to talk to Alex about alienation, and you can relate to Alex because you know right now at this moment that me and him are talking, he still has three months left in the military. 
you know he you know he relates to you more than I relate to you because I don't really talk military law and military life too much on on this podcast. Although I did come from a military, my 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 all the men in my family went to the military. I didn't go to the military, so I didn't I don't I don't have that much military like lifestyle that I could really talk on here. But if you can reach out to Alex, he's made his information available to you. If you can reach out to Alex, he's made his information available to you, and he would be more than grateful to reach out to you, talk to you. Um, he'd be happy to help you out. This is a person who's getting ready to give, go to school to learn to help people. Give him practice. Don't be afraid. Listen, if you want God to run at you, all you have to do is take one small, bold step towards him. But that's the key word there. It has to be bold. You have to be bold. If Alex says something that touched home, anyone listening to this, if Alex says something that touches home, rewind to the part where he said his name, where he said, where he gives his email. Alex, what's that email one more time? It's uh, A-Force, F-O-R-S-E, uh, 95 at gmail.com. You can also reach out to uh, me on Facebook, Alex Force. Uh, just search me up. You'll, you'll be able to find me. You'll see you know, a picture of me with my son. And that's what I'm saying. See, take those two handles. He just gave out his Facebook name as well as his email. Take that and contact this man. You don't have to give him all your I'll, whole... I'll, I'll, even, I'll, I'll even do it better. You know, I'm, I'm always available to be reached. If you want to reach me out, I'll, I'll even give my cell phone number. If you want to text me, if you want to call me, it's 913-702-6284. You can always call me. You know, you can always text me. If I don't answer, leave me a text. I'll always call you back. And see, I'm this, always and see, this is how beautiful this is how beautiful the world is. He's giving you his number. It's nine one three seven zero two six two eight four. If you are, if you, it, it, you don't even have to be in the military. But if, if his story just hit home, if you just want to talk to him, and you feel like you, he, he may be able to help you. That's a number for you. It's a direct father from this podcast, and he's willing to speak. To anyone who's willing, who needs, who wants, who needs help, and this is why, this is why Alex had to go through this, so he too can be a part of helping the people that are really. This is this 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 pandemic, because that's what it is, is destroying us as far as parental alienation. It's destroying us, and Alex is Alex has decided he wants to be a part of picking people up, finding finding wounded comrades on the ground, grabbing them up by their by their shirt collar and throwing their arms around his head, around his neck. That's what he wants to do. That's how he's electing to finish this thing, um, and that's not the finish. That's that's not the finish. That's that was a bad selection of words. That's how he's electing to <laughs> take his next his next chapter with. It. That's where he's going with his next chapter. So. Um, I, I, I appreciate you stopping by, Alex. This was a super powerful podcast. It goes to show you went from standing in shackles uh, for the first time in family court to uh, getting everything you wanted. And it sounds like I won't lie to you when you finish this whole thing because these people are still harassing you at this point from yep. what it sounds like. You're probably going to get a little more than what you even what you even came to the table for. But, I mean, if if, if you've done nothing wrong... Hey man, whatever God tells you, bro, I believe you're gonna do it. You know what I mean? And and, and 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 all these fathers, if we've done nothing wrong, why can't we father? God's telling us to yeah, father. Why exactly. can't we father? We've done nothing. You know what I mean? So 
Um, I appreciate you stopping by and taking all the time to talk to us and tell us your story. Uh, I certainly look forward to having you back on again. I have a good, strong feeling you'll be back on again because your story is just amazing. Uh, And anytime you need me as well, man, you know the Facebook. And then uh, I'll send you over the link so you can hear uh, some other fathers as well. If there's any of those fathers you want to talk to, just let me know. I'll get you their contact info. Thank you, Alex, for stopping by. Listeners, if you want to reach out to Alex, again, that's 913-702-6284. Listeners, please remember, COVID is still very real. Folks are still getting sick. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Wear hand sanitizer. Keep it on you if you have it. And I appreciate you guys listening.